The following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. The pandemic, social unrest, the state house, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Good afternoon on this cold Friday. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, which is DePietro.com. This portion of the program, folks, J.K.L. Engineering. Now listen to me. If you think it's cold now, it's going to stay this way. Plus, there's a storm in the forecast called J.K.L. Engineering today. If you're having a problem with your heating system, call J.K.L. at 401 351-7600, 401-351-7600. 351-7600, J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L. can repair your heating system. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available over 54 years in business. So on this cold Friday, let's just say your heating system, your home or business is not working properly. Now, listen, you need to get it addressed. You need to get it fixed. Because it's going to be frigid and cold all weekend long. Plus, a snowstorm is coming. If you don't get it fixed or place a phone call, then who knows? It could end up your pipes freeze and then all hell could break loose. Now, if you can hear my voice right now on this Friday afternoon at 107 and you need help with your heating system, whether you're listening in Bellingham or Lincoln or Smithfield, wherever you are, they're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts called J.K.L. Engineering today. Folks, I'm here to help. 401-351-7600. J.K.L., they do it right. They do it right the first time. Called J.K.L. Engineering. Not only, by the way, if your heating system is working officially, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. J.K.L. is the highest rebates in the market. Um, but they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. So technical expertise, customer satisfaction, J.K.L. 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600 for J.K.L. Engineering. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this cold Friday. I, uh, I am fascinated by what's going on with GameStop and the market. Uh, right now, just to give you an idea of an update, the market is down and it is another uh, turbulent day. It's this guy's based right out of Massachusetts, who's really one of the people that's been leading this whole thing. Uh, I want to just skip over a couple of stories. GameStop stock sagged is dangerous and all too familiar. This is a story of the New Yorker. After the stock market closed on Wednesday, there was a good deal of celebrating. Wall Street bets, the Reddit message board, favored by small investors, been bidding up the shares of GameStop, video game retailer hit hard by the pandemic. A couple of weeks ago, the stock was trading below 20. It's been rising sharply since. And on Wednesday, shot up to close to, excuse me, close at 347. On news that a number of short sellers, Wall Street traders who bet on stock prices falling, had closed out the negative wages and suffered big losses. Um, once we're done with uh, GME, that's GameStop, we're going to take down Wall Street. Market's closed, guys. Get some fresh air. Eat some veggies. We have big day tomorrow. There are two stories here. The one that's drawn the attention of everyone from Elon Musk to AOC is the David and Goliath, which buyers of GameStop are viewed as underdog battling the Wall Street Giants. By banding together, the day traders have recently managed to ramp up some beaten down stocks such as GameStop, BlackBerry, and AMC, besting some short sellers in the process. Individual investors are winning big, at least for now, and relishing it, the Wall Street Journal said. Plenty of good reasons to be outraged at Wall Street. But what sort of victory was this? Now, again, this is in the New Yorker. Thursday morning, GameStop shares plunged 50% after Robinhood, the popular trading app, restricted investors' ability to trade certain stocks. By the way, Barstools was going after them big time, and I don't think Robinhood will ever recover. The stock continued to trade on other platforms, and it rebounded. At noon, it was trading about 250. Still, some people bought in on Wednesday, 
were sitting on significant losses, which could well get larger if they don't sell out soon. Part of the past couple weeks, GameStop's all-time high was about 60. One Reddit poster commented, I'm out of cash, down 50% and holding tight. The line is ours, boys. The largest story is the U.S. stock market is in the grip of what Charles McKay, a 19th century historian, called the madness of crowds. The GameStop short squeeze didn't happen in isolation for almost a year now. Investors have been bidding up shares in companies like Tesla, Shopify, and Snap to bear that to prices that bear little relation to actual earnings. And it's not just small investors. Looking past the short sellers, relatively few in number, many professional investors have been playing this bucket of game. Even though they know it's likely to end badly. Now, this writer, Jack Cassidy, writes, 20 years ago, I published a book titled Dot, Dot Con, How America Lost Its Mind and Money in the Internet Era. Between January of 98 and March of 2000, hundreds of new Internet startups held initial public offerings of stock, and many of them saw their stock prices skyrocket. In the same period, the NASDAQ, many of these stocks were listed, rose by about 220%. Large number of ordinary Americans took up day trading as a way to make money. Things haven't progressed as far this time. Make no mistake, we're pretty far along. Since the middle of this past March, when the first wave of the virus was raging, NASDAQ has risen by almost 100% despite a deep recession. Thursday, Commerce announced the GDP declined by 3.5%, biggest fall since 1946. During the past 12 months, there have been IPOs, more IPOs in the period since 1999, and day trading has become again popular. This time, though, the difference is technology. Thanks to trading acts like Robinhood and the abolition of commission fees from any online stock trades, people can speculate from minute to minute, sitting on their own couches instead of using commercial trading facilities, which was the case in the late 90s. Um, there's four stages, displacement, boom, euphoria, and crash. Displacement happens when something changes people's expectations about the future. In this case, it was the pandemic. Stay-at-home economy prompted the Federal Reserve slash short-term interest rates near zero. Since March, we've been in the boom period. Prices soaring, skepticism giving way to greed. More and more people flocking to an inflated market. Copycat behavior is the heart of speculative bubbles. There's nothing like the set of others making easy money. Persuade people to take risks they don't fully comprehend. At a late stage, speculation tends to detach itself from really valuable objects, turn to delusional ones. Uh, manias, panics, and crashes. Large, larger groups of people seek to become rich without really understanding the process involved. Some of the people who bought stock in GameStop exhibit a sophisticated grasp the mechanics of a short squeeze. But all the publicity has also pulled in a lot of newbies. Just bought two shares, my first investment ever, and I feel sick. But excited, I need support, one Reddit user wrote on Wednesday. Two others replied, hold and enjoy. I'm here for you, brother. This type of hand-holding is one of the novel aspects produced by the current technology. But there's no reason to believe it will prevent this episode of speculation ending in costly bust. One of the lessons we've learned is the reckoning can be delayed for longer than one might think. Um, but as prices keep going up, many of the skeptics lost their jobs or fell silent. Many investors, including some big hedge funds, switched sides, tried to surf the bubble. Something happens to happening right now. I'm not referring to the hedge funds. Many big institutional investors have been riding the remarkable rise of mega cap. Ta- All right. I don't want to get too much in the weeds here. But, folks, it is without uh, question the story of the day and, um, and more and more. It is uh, without question, though, it is affecting the market in a big way. Let me just read some of these. Um, let's see some of the latest now uh, regarding that. But the market is way off. And let me just check where the market is right now on this Friday. Um, and I had mentioned I, I will play. I want to play some of the sound from the. I want to play some of the sound from the press brief. Thing yesterday, so um, boy, they're really going after whoever placed 
those pipe bombs in Washington the night before January 6th. The reward for information on the pipe bomb suspect has been increased now to $100,000. Now, that is someone definitely has different sneakers or shoes, I should say. That's about it. Other than that, the individual had a hood on and a mask, black gloves. Very difficult to tell exactly who that person is. But getting back to this whole thing with with uh, GameStop and Reddit and the Wall Street bets. Um, getting back to that, I, I just think we're right now in, in a, a series of rebellion. People are, are tired. We here, Here's the thing, and this is important. At 116, we trusted government leaders. And what happened? They let us down. They let me down. They let you down. They let all of us down. We trusted them with the whole slow the curve, stop the spread. People have been locked down. The toll it has taken. And the next wave is going to be parents are fed up with teachers that won't go back to the classroom. How about the fact in Virginia, many of the teachers receive the vaccine and they still won't go back into the classroom to teach. Talk about nerve. Where does it end? Now, and even locally, you know, we people you're not even supposed to talk about the fact that people are still upset about the election. And it's distorted when you talk about the election, because if you bring up the election, what's the first thing the other side says? The other side says, oh, so you're saying that you think Trump won? That's not the point. In Rhode Island, we're supposed to take the word of Secretary of State Nellie Gorbia that this was an honest election. And I I've said from the beginning, there's no way that 520,000 people voted. I don't believe that. Not legally. There are many people that are registered to vote and they should not be allowed to vote. They don't live in Rhode Island. They're not citizens of the United States. There's different things that come into play. People vote more than once. There's no checks and balances when it comes to the voting role. What do they do instead? They do a little dog and pony show to show you, look, we're counting the ballots. We have machines that count the ballots. That's not what we're talking about. Talking about who is it that's casting the ballots. And when you have non-notarized ballots, and who knows who these people are? That could be casting ballots. And when you allow the campaigns to collect the ballots and they don't even have to be notarized anymore, you're asking for fraud. And then when we say we want to examine this stuff, we're told you're not allowed to. That's why people are starting to hit back. Now, in regards to the briefing yesterday, I'm going to play some sound coming up in uh, just a moment. But, folks, on this Friday... And as many of you know, I encourage you support small businesses, a small business that I think she is um, is just terrific. And it's Maria. It's my health. I want to see if I can get her on the line right now. So we'll do a little George Allen and see if we can reach the queen of health at uh, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. There he is. Folks, joining us right now is the queen of health of It's My Health. It's Marie. Good afternoon, Marie. Good afternoon, John. How are you? Is it nice and warm inside? It's my health. Thank goodness. Yes. Winter has arrived. It, Marie, it has arrived in a big way, but the good news is you're open today. You're open tomorrow. You're in a great section, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. And I wanted to check in with you and make people realize that you're open, the roads are clear, and this is an opportunity to stop in and see all the different tremendous products you have, whether it be local products or vitamins or hemp and CBD products. People drive by your wonderful location. Now is the time to stop in. Absolutely. It's a perfect time to stop in and to stock up on all those immune fortifying things that you can do for yourself. 
Now, Marie, when people hear that, let's just do a little role play. Let's pretend I am someone strolling through the door. You say, oh, good afternoon. And I say, I'm looking for maybe some spices or things that we could put into our cooking. We like to cook, and but we want things that are healthy. Do you have anything that you could recommend? Oh, absolutely. People are using lots of turmeric in their, in their food now because of the antioxidant effect. The, and the anti-inflammation um, of turmeric. So ginger, turmeric, cinnamon. Cinnamon is really good for um, sugar balancing, so anyone with glucose issues. So some cocoa powder. We have, we have so many different things. And what about, do you have any herbs that you might be able to recommend? Oh, yeah, this time of year, um, echinacea. Um, uh, ashwagandha is a great one for it's an adaptogen so it really helps with all the stress that we have these days Um, echinacea for the immune system if someone has a really hacky cough and they're up all night Ella campaign we we even have a recipe you get an ounce of that you, you boil it up you put it with honey tablespoon of that you're out cold for the night (laughs) <laughs> Folks, we're speaking to Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, that white church right across from Davenport Restaurant. Now, Marie, what about on a cold day like today or this weekend? Someone says, I'd like to go in, come home and have a nice hot cup of tea. Do you have any tea that you might be able to recommend? We do. We have uh, a crimson berry, so it does have some heat to it. So that can be really nice in the wintertime. We have these ginger honey crystals that you just put with hot water in. It's like a strong ginger ale when you sip on it, but it's, you know, hot and you just can sip on that um, on a cold evening or while you're sitting making a puzzle or reading a book. Absolutely. Now, also, Marie, this time of year with the cold or maybe someone was out doing some shoveling, clearing some ice, and maybe they have some have some aches and Oh, aches and pains. We're going to let her go in a moment. She's got a customer. Nope, it's okay. But what about, um, do you have any type of hemp or CBD products that you could recommend or maybe people are a little stressed with what's going on so they could use a little extra help to fall asleep? Oh, yeah. Hemp is really good for, we, we topically, to put on, you know, individually sore spots, you know, especially if you've been out, sho- you've been out shoveling and your shoulders and your back might be really sore. You can just put that on topically. We have other analgesics as well that can be used topically but cbd is one of the things we have cbd that you can take orally in a liquid form and we also have it in capsule form and that can be helpful for sleep for anxiety it can be helpful for pain as well folks again it's marie 1099 men wrote cumberland it's my help marie what are your hours for today and tomorrow and i also want to remind people instead of ordering something online why not poke your head in Talk to Marie. Boom. You could purchase it right there. Or if not, she could certainly order it or help you uh, get it. And then you also uh, support our local economy. What are your hours for today and tomorrow for those that want to pop by? I'll be here till 530 tonight and then from 9 to 4 tomorrow. Marie, you are the queen of health. You're keeping so many people healthy. Thank you for all you do and enjoy the weekend and stay warm. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, folks. There it is. Our friend Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Listen, pop in there. And maybe you're listing right now and you're going down Menden Road. And you're saying, you know, that's right on my way. Why not at least pop in and get some body oil or soap or natural skincare products or try the incredible acai berry that I talk about? Or they, she also has local honey and maple syrup. It's my health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this Friday. Now, I want to go to, um, I want to go to yesterday where they had the, uh, the press briefing, the Rhode Island Department of Health, and uh, where Dr. Scott, and obviously uh, I was there, and many people, you may have heard it, we carried it live, and then I like to be there to be able to ask questions and so forth. And I want to go with um, some of the questions, especially where... When they said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna lift it, we're gonna lift the whole um, uh, element regarding uh, the restaurants," and the only reason that they're going to be open longer tonight 
is because there was pushback on it and there was pushback from the media. So I want to play some of the sound from uh, um, from yesterday that, again, I uh, I don't understand a lot of the... Hold on, I want to hear some of this. Oh, this is my question, folks. This is when I was talking to Dr. Scott. All right, folks, this is my question with Dr. Scott from yesterday. Channel 12 is reporting they talked to Dr. Fine, and you mentioned that Central Falls is going to be a focus as far as the um, receiving the vaccine. Now, Dr. Fine also said he thinks that Central Falls could be one of the most infected places maybe in the world. Now, last summer, right here, I would ask you, why was Central Falls being treated the same as Block Island or Jamestown, and you would talk about health equity and inclusiveness. Do you now feel it was a mistake for you to treat places like Central Falls the same as some of these outlying areas? Yes, it was. Interesting question. So if I recall properly, you were asking why are we not kind of targeting those communities and treating them differently as if there was some... Um, because of the outbreak, components of the numbers, that the individuals themselves contributed to Irrelevant. High Central Falls was Irrelevant. Uh, seeing higher cases. And so my response was to say, Irrelevant. Stop the tape. that was her interpretation of it. It doesn't matter which community it was. If you have one community that has far more of an outbreak of another one, you don't treat them the same. But it's interesting to hear how it was interpreted. Oh, that we should treat them because of something they did. It doesn't, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. The why? If somebody shows up at the hospital and they have a gunshot wound, does it matter whether or not they were shot or they shot themselves? Medically, does it matter? No. What matters? You have to treat them. Somebody shows up at the hospital and they have a broken arm. At that moment, does it does it matter how they got the broken arm? They fell off a roof, they whatever. However, one gets a broken arm, fell out of a tree. Does any of that matter? No. What matters is treating the broken arm. See, they put in. Oh, so you want to punish the? It doesn't. I, I didn't talk about that. I'm saying, why are you treating everyone the same? All right, let's go back to it. This is from yesterday. We, they did, but Correct. not because of the individuals or the communities there themselves. Irrelevant. I was informing that we are not going to treat communities differently as if they are to blame for the higher cases. We want to really focus on the conditions that contribute to that happening. Higher density, more individuals who are working on the front lines, more multi-generational houses in place, and we have taken the approach of ensuring that we are testing more in those communities, providing housing and other supports in those communities, and helping to ensure that vaccination is adequately available for them so that we can counter the fact that hospitalizations and other rates have been higher in those communities. So I'm comfortable with where we are. There is always room for improvement. We are engaging directly with the municipal leadership in those communities and continuing to push on how we can improve access in those areas. So with the vaccine, hold on, just with the vaccine, they will be treated differently, correct? We do have geography as one of the um, prioritization groups that I have uh, described. And with that, we will be accelerating so access they will to be treated differently. in those communities oh. that we know are hardest hit. What happened given to equity? The, um, descriptions that I just gave. Doctor, can you walk- what happened to equity? What happened to inclusiveness? What happened to diversity? Oh, oh, I see. So when Central Falls was rampant with the virus, well, we don't want to single them out. We don't want to seem like we're punishing anyone. So even though in Central Falls, when the virus was rampant, we're going to punish the people in Newport, Narragansett, Block Island, Jameson. We're going to punish them, even though they're not heavily infected. They're going to have the same guidelines as Central Falls and Providence because we believe in equity and diversity 
and inclusiveness. However, now, now when it comes to the vaccine, oh, no, they get they get preference when it comes to the vaccine. We're going to treat them differently. Give me a break. Folks, right now, good afternoon. It's 1.30, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Now, wherever you are, you can hear my voice. Maybe you're on 95 or 146, wherever you may be driving. You could be in Worcester. You could be in Lincoln. You could be in Providence. On either AM 1380 or 99.9 FM, you can always listen at the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. if, and remember, we, we'd like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. I saw someone on Facebook post, I have an appliance problem. Can anyone recommend anyone? I typed in, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, 401-710-7096. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available as well. Call Ryan's Appliance Repair for your washing machine or dryer. Sometimes it needs a new belt, I found. Or an oven. Or a refrigerator. Or a stove. Or a microwave oven. Call Ryan's Appliance Repair. 401-710-7096. I want to stay with that and get to the part where they started... Uh, Doctor, can you walk us through for people who are 65 and older? Um... That the, the whole thing yesterday was, I thought it was kind of a mess. But I want to get to where Stephen Pryor uh, was brought up. Here we go. Let's hear this part, folks. I like this. Pryor, an opportunity to add anything more as we've been communicating with those groups. If that changes, why not tomorrow? Secretary, give him another weekend. Waiting. This was supposed to be... I'm to Hold on. that who needs to access it will be able to. Sunday on the Willow with the restaurant. Why not now? Lose a whole other weekend of business. Yep. We wanted to just give time to um, Wrong. be able to. You're not a business person. You've got restaurants who are like, okay, 10 30. They don't need to like, have a seminar to figure it out. Right? <laughs> it's an appreciated uh, point. By the way, we they did change to it. Be able to Listen to this exchange. Confirm that the data is continuing to go Listen in the this. direction that it's going in. Let them know in advance. I can certainly give Secretary Pryor an opportunity this to guy. add anything more as we've been communicating with those groups. If that changes, why not tomorrow, Secretary? Right. Let's Wait, listen. Check them prior. It's a fair point. We, we want to uh, lift restrictions as soon as is feasible. I think, it, uh, I think it's terrific that we have reached this point where we can roll back the early closure. Um, it has affected uh, an array of business categories. It's um, it's not just the restaurants, of course, um, that have been affected. I just want to actually uh, re-articulate um, the, uh, the categories of business that are affected. Restaurants, recreation and entertainment, historical and cultural sites, personal services, gyms and fitness centers, and sporting facilities. One of the things that our team has always emphasized is to communicate effectively and quite frankly, the dialogue inside our team has been about the fact that people still need to exercise caution. They still need to observe all of the pre-existing rules and the pandemic isn't over. So the health department requested that there be some time for that communication. Um, Also, it's worth noting that there's been a regional dialogue around the curfew, if you will, for shorthand purposes. Um, And Connecticut is still considering what to do with its policy. So we took all those points into account. I will say from a commerce perspective, we are thrilled that the early closure is ending. And uh, under uh, incoming Governor McKee's leadership, we're in dialogue about additional flexibility that may be possible with other restrictions upon industry, all while monitoring, as Dr. Alexander Scott said, the public health data. Secretary, you live in a government world, and you have not lost a paycheck. Have you taken a furlough or a sir. So, during the entire, you have restaurants and all those other businesses who could flip the switch tonight. So, you know, government, you know, they sit around and ponder and you have think groups and they're all on the same team. People are losing thousands of dollars. Flip the switch tomorrow. This is forward progress. So we're very pleased to see that, in fact, we are moving in the right direction to allow for more commercial activity in Rhode Island. Well, 
the bottom line is they did change it. Because of that, they did change it. But only because the media pushed back. That was Hummel. I'll give Hummel credit for that. Folks, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro. That was yesterday at the briefing. But why does it have to come to that? What if Hummel, and I give him credit, why, what if he didn't push back? See, the, to me, this illustrates they're not listening. Did they talk to restaurant people? Did they say, you know, do you need a full week to get ready to be open for two more hours? Restaurants are jumping at it. It's still not enough, right? I mean, let's be honest. It's really throwing the restaurants a crumb. What the restaurants need are more capacity, and they need to open up their bar areas. And if you're listening right now to me, to John DePietro on this Friday, I'm willing to bet that you agree with that. But they're obviously not even listening because they changed it only because of yesterday. And um, how, how much longer is this going to go where, well, I'll give you the answer. Uh, there is no guarantee next Wednesday, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, they are poised to take the vote. It first has to go out of committee that she would become Commerce Secretary. Okay, that has to be first. So until that happens, it just lingers there. It's just lingering there. Now, next Wednesday is when they will at least vote. It's on the schedule where they are her a vote scheduled on her nomination to Commerce Secretary is scheduled for executive session next um, Wednesday, right? Next Wednesday, February, yeah. Next Wednesday, February 3rd at at 10 o'clock is when they're finally going to, well, not finally because it just happened, but she had her... Um, a hearing in front of the committee, and now it's going to be the Russell Senate Office Building Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, Transportation hold an executive session next Wednesday, February 3rd, 10 a.m. Consider the following measures and nomination. Agenda, rules governing Senate Committee Commerce, nomination of Gina Raimondo of Rhode Island to be Secretary of the United States Department of Commerce. So that uh, happens there. And then once that happens, it then has to go to the Senate. Now, they would like to try to get that through as quickly as they can. Now, in the meantime, there are some people objecting to her, but we don't know if it would be enough to try to slow it down. I also asked Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee yesterday, uh, when would he be ready to go? Because it certainly sounds, there is a possibility that if that goes Wednesday, the clock is ticking, and then either Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, they would need to try to um, get it to the full Senate, where that could uh, go in. So if that doesn't happen, I'm just trying to see if there's any other... um, any other development on this. But if, if it doesn't happen next week, then th- there's no telling when this could happen. Now, it's just a little odd that as we speak right now, Governor Raimondo is not speaking to the media at all yesterday. Not speaking to the media in any way. And I don't see how that's going to change until she gets confirmed. So I also want to just, I am seeing some news here. Dan McGee, uh, excuse me, Dan McKee tells Kim Kalunian he hasn't talked with James Yosa since he took a job at Brown University this week. He often comes up with discussions who will be picked for lieutenant governor. So that's, uh, that's interesting. And I asked, when do you think that would be? And lieutenant governor Dan McKee said... That he, um, it's not a priority, but as we're already learning, 
that you got to have someone ready to go if something happens with with um, the governor. God forbid. I also just want to see. So apparently, Channel Twelve interviewed Attorney General Peter Narona. Uh, in this case, our organizational cooperative was Victor Pachette. We used him to go up to the next step in the organizational chain. Interesting insight here. Um, he has no regrets in the Jeff Britt case. He shouldn't, and he doesn't. So the Dow, NASDAQ, S&P 500 fall more than 2% of session lows. Well, you know, that's what, that's what happens. People are going to be upset when you start to change the rules a little bit. And they're actually changing the rules a lot. Let me see, um, folks, but that was big yesterday. And again, I, I think what really stood out to me as someone that was there is in, in any organization, you've you got to have someone in charge. Right, you got to have someone who's who's in charge. Ramundo's to sign executive order today, immediately lifting curfew for businesses. Yeah, after after the media pushed back yesterday, and now all the cities and towns are having a big rush to sign up seniors. But um, I, I, it was only because the media pushed back. Otherwise, they wanted to lift it on Monday. That tells me they're not listening. They're not listening. And we if, if we're going to follow Massachusetts, then just just say that we're going to start to follow Massachusetts. I, I think also the way certain stories are framed. Channel 12 has a story. Coventry woman, 27, 27 years old, in ICU after contracting COVID. Mom urging young adults to take it seriously. Well, what's not mentioned in the story at least on the headline, is the girl has diabetes. And if you're looking at the photos, she also appears to be obese, which would come into play with that whole thing. I can't stand this thing if they act like, yeah, we don't know what caused it. So I think the girl's on a on a ventilator. Um, the positivity rate in the state right now is is not the problem. The problem now is getting the vaccine out to people and out to people in a in a timely manner and actually as quickly as possible. Um, then there's also the story that Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, Raimondo's answers on China concern Republicans. Let me play this story. You know, I mentioned this yesterday. We're going to find out. But I said it's either going to build or it could quickly die. So what would be interesting would be if next Wednesday during the committee hearing where they're going to be voting, if somehow they table it. There we go. Congratulations. This is Ted Cruz. Nomination. Welcome. In recent years, the United States has successfully used economic pressure to prevent the People's Republic of China from exploiting Ted Cruz technology with Rhode Island uh, Governor Gina Raimondo. This is an area the previous administration was particularly active in. Governor, should you be confirmed, can you please describe the role you envision for the Department of Commerce in these efforts, especially as that role relates to export and import controls? Yes, thank you. Uh, So, as I said earlier, um, China's actions have been anti-competitive, hurtful to American workers and businesses, coercive. And as you point out, you know, they're, they're uh, culpable for atrocious human rights abuses. So whether it's the entities list or tariffs or countervailing duties, um, I intend to use all those tools to the fullest extent possible to level the playing field for the American worker. I believe in free trade, but fair trade. Americans can compete if the rules are fair and the playing field is level. And I believe my job, should I be confirmed, is to increase the competitiveness for the American worker and companies, especially small businesses. Uh, President Biden has said that we're going to step back and have a whole government approach as it relates to the threat of China. And uh, of course, I will play my role on that team. Well, as you noted, the Department of Commerce maintains the entity list, which is foreign parties that engage in activities contrary to U.S. national security. 
And in 2019, I led an effort to add to that list companies the Chinese Communist Party has used to carry out their surveillance campaigns of Uyghurs and, and, and other oppressive activities. And I introduced legislation mandating that that some of those companies be listed, the Tiananmen Act. And in the fall of 2019 and in 2020, the Trump administration did so, adding batches of Chinese technology companies to the entities list. Can you commit, if confirmed, that those companies will remain on the BIS entities list? Uh, I will come into working with you on that, and I certainly agree with you that the entities list is a powerful tool in the Commerce Secretary's toolkit to shore up American national security. Well, let me ask you about Huawei in particular. Can you commit that Huawei will remain on the list? I will commit that once, uh, should I be confirmed and I am there, I will review the policy, consult with you, consult with industry, consult with our allies, um, and make an assessment as to what's best for American national and economic security. Well, I will say there's chatter in Washington that the Biden administration is contemplating going easy on China and removing companies from the entities list. I certainly hope that does not happen because I think that would be profoundly contrary to the national security interest of the United States. The Department of Commerce's mandate and its mission is to create conditions for economic growth and opportunity. The Department of Commerce's job is to advocate for commerce, to advocate for jobs. Uh, I will say I am certainly concerned that, uh, that in the Biden administration, the Commerce Department will not have that as its priority. Uh, President Biden has, has named you as a, as a member of the interagency working group on the social cost of greenhouse gases. Uh, in what federal statute does the Department of Commerce uh, find legal authority to, to promulgate rules concerning greenhouse gases? Uh, that is a question I am not certain of, but I will tell you that if President Biden asks me to um, serve on his team in a capacity to help American workers compete or to fight climate change, then I obviously will uh, be a key player on that team. So, Governor, your, uh, your current job as governor of Rhode Island, um, as you know, in 2019, CNBC did its annual rankings of the states that are friendly to business, and the state of Rhode Island came, came out 50th, dead last, the, the worst state in the union uh, for businesses. Uh, given that record, uh, how, how are the American people, what reassurances can you give the American people that, that your performance at Commerce would be better than the state of Rhode Island has done in terms of creating an environment where jobs are plentiful. When I ran for governor, Rhode Island had the highest unemployment rate in the country. And just prior to COVID, we had the lowest unemployment rate in our state's history and the most jobs in our state's history. When I ran, we were 50 out of 50 on business insiders ranking and a couple years into my term we were 26th so uh, my record is clear that we have created thousands of jobs for the people of Rhode Island and I would look forward to fighting for the American worker should I be confirmed okay and final question should, should you be confirmed last week President Biden signed an executive order canceling the Keystone pipeline destroying 11,000 jobs including 8,000 union jobs if you were confirmed as Secretary of Commerce, what would you say to those 11,000 construction workers whose jobs have been destroyed by the stroke of a pen, and, and, and what would you say to them? I would say we're going to get you to work. I would say that climate change is a threat to all of us, um, and that we will make sure that you have jobs, that you have the skills you need to have a job. And by the way, as we meet the needs of climate change, uh, there will be many more jobs created, good-paying jobs, union jobs, and should I be the Commerce Secretary, union jobs. I fight every single day for every American to have a decent-paying job and a chance to compete. So that was, that was uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz questioning Governor Mundo.
during her confirmation hearing. Well, folks, right now it is 1.50 on this frigid Friday. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Uh, let me just read. Meet the Reddit who made millions off GameStop. Started a market frenzy. Keith Gill posted a screenshot of his brokerage account showing about a $20 million daily gain in GameStop shares. He's known as deep blanking value. Let an army of average Joes to drive up the cost of GameStop is everything you'd expect him to be. He's 34, wears an orange Samurai-esque headband over his shoulder like there, loves cat t-shirts, and operates a YouTube channel from Boston basement behind a desk uttered with used cups, assorted tech gear, sports hats, and Uno cards. Recent interview at the Wall Street Journal, the man goes by Roaring Kitty and says he's just a normal guy. I didn't expect this. Dad of two and the new king of the Reddit page Wall Street bets. This story is so much bigger than me. He recently had a day job for a life insurance company. Is the force that fueled the GameStop roller coaster that thrust hedge funds billions into the red and bloating a flailing video game company. Destined for blockbuster infamy well beyond its actual value. Recently had a day job for a life insurance company. He's now a pseudo-celebrity who caught the attention of Congress, the Federal Reserve, even the Securities Exchange. Long been a proponent of unloved stocks. He first invested 53000 in the GameStop on June of last year, 2019 actually, when shares were $5 a share. A move that people at the time called crazy as the video game company grappled with the advent of online streaming. But he held firm and others got on board, driving the stock higher and higher, setting off on the most dramatic short squeeze in recent history, which actually worked. On Wednesday, he posted a screenshot of his brokerage account showing 20 million daily gain on GameStop shares. Ah. <laughs> uh, He'll go down as one of the greatest legends in the history of Wall Street bets. Too funny. Well, folks, that is, um, I mean, that is really dominating the news. The other thing, though, is uh, New York Governor Cuomo will not be uh, let off the hook for months or refusing to release the total number of nursing home fatalities due to the coronavirus. The Empire for Public Policy plans to move forward lawsuit despite the release of a bombshell report yesterday which found the health department underreported the total virus-related deaths since March by 50% for a total around 13,000. How about that? Folks, that's fraud, and those families deserve answers. Um, I, I, I don't... Uh, I, I just don't know what's going to happen with, with all of that. I mean, it's, it's inexcusable is what it is. So, and Cuomo, instead of um, instead of going, uh, you know, in these long interviews with him and the brother where they're praising each other and talking about how great they are, they, um, she has some serious questions that, that Governor Cuomo has some serious questions that he needs to answer regarding the data, regarding the... Um, the nursing homes and the nursing home deaths. Try today. He was trying to say, "Why does it matter? Why does it matter if where does why does it matter if someone died? Because they were reporting them that they died in the hospital. But what happened is they were very very sick, and then they'd rush them from the nursing home to the hospital, and then they die in the hospital. And he'd say it was a hospital death. Well, another couple hours, it would have been a nursing home death. So and rightfully so, Cuomo's coming under. Uh, you know, fire for that, and he should. Hey, on this cold Friday, I want to remind you, folks, you want to keep, it's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. You want to stay nice and safe, right? Your business, your home. Call Allstate Lock, experts in locking systems and building security, 401 349 Security cameras, car keys, Allstate Lock. You can link right through at the website, dipetro.com. But make sure you're protected. Who knows where things are going to go? I can tell you that people are fed up the way things have been going. 
So um, so make sure you have the proper security with Allstate Lock. Now, also, just a couple of other reminders. If this weekend you need to grill, you want to get some propane tanks filled, to fill up your propane tank, stop by and see Phil Johnson at Johnson Propane. 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Call him at 621-8129. He's open seven days a week. He has firewood, propane tanks, and supplies. It's Phil Johnson. He'll refill your your, uh, propane tanks. Johnson Propane, since 1971, right in front of Stop and Shop, next to Wendy's. Johnson Propane, Phil Johnson. He's been there since 71 with Mayor Dorley. Cut the ribbon. Credit cards are accepted. Johnson Propane. Fill up your propane tanks at Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. And also, don't forget our friends at Brothers Disposal. Call Willie and roll in today, 401-688-0517. Now offering weekly trash collection services. How about a purple dumpster for your driveway and or if you're a business, weekly offering uh, weekly trash collection services, Brothers Disposal. Come on, brother. Use Go with the Purple Dumpster, 401-688-0517. You can find them on Facebook. It's Brothers Disposal. Well, folks, it's John DePietro. Now, again, we will have to see, uh, you know, all eyes are will happen next week. Next week could be a big week. Next week could be the final week for Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo. Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, this might be it because next week... If she's confirmed with the full Senate, she will then be sworn in to be Commerce Secretary, and then she will resign as governor, and then Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee will be the governor. So it's possible that within a week, we could have a new governor. Now, it is a big week because next Wednesday, Governor Mundo, they're going to have the committee hearing where she needs to first make it out of a Senate committee then then um, it'll be a full Senate committee vote, and we don't know when that's going to be. But next Wednesday night, Rhode Island Governor Raimondo, Gina Raimondo is going to deliver her state of the state. So the good news is tonight or tomorrow night, if you're planning on going out to a restaurant or a gym, they don't have to close early. Thanks to the media yesterday pushing back. Um, so, But it is cold out, but why not? So if you want to go. And a lot of times restaurants have had to close early. I still maintain that in order to really help the restaurants, they need to increase capacity. And then they also need to uh, open up those bar areas. Because in the next month, they need to start to get things in line with the vaccine. Uh, The vaccine is out. Rhode Island's had a very difficult time rolling out the vaccine so so far. That really needs to be uh, improved. That needs to be improved in a big way. And let me just also um, want to check some other uh, headlines. That's really the, the other thing is just the market itself with where uh, the market is, the whole thing with GameStop. The Dow is down, I think, 635 points right now. S&P down 78. Uh, everything, the market is really off. Dow slips, GameStop, and others continue to soar. So that is really the, the way to go. Uh, U.S. SEC scold investors, GameStop jumps, short-selling war resumes. So that is uh, continuing. So, folks, it's um, it's one fifty nine. Listen, it's John DePietro on this Friday. Stay tuned. The John Dion program is next. We're back Monday at 11. Remember, if you want to reach me, you want to get a hold of me, visit my website, DePietro.com. Thank you to the great Jeff Gamach. Thank you to JR. Coming up, is the 2 o'clock news, and then the Gian Dion program is next. Leave it right here. WNRI Woonsocket, 1380 AM, 99.9 FM, W260 DC.